Welcome to the first of our Travers snippet series from the real estate team here. Today, Sarah and I will spend the next few minutes discussing the turnover rent. As a team, we act regularly for landlords and for tenants, and we also have a strong restructuring and insolvency practice and investor practice too. So all of that puts us right at the heart of the recent market developments towards turnover rent. Sarah recently wrote an article considering the case for turnover rents and what might be needed to make them more palatable from a landlord investor perspective. A copy of that article can be found on our website and it's the basis for some of the ideas that we'll talk through. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with what we're seeing in the marketplace in respect of turnover rents? Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, the turnover rent piece is still definitely driven tenant side and predominantly in the retail and casual dining sectors. These sectors have been talking about turnover rents for a little while now, so that's not, not new. For example, the paper chase CVA from March 2019 contained a move to turnover rents for its go-forward sites. COVID-19, though, and the experience through the March quarter date this year has accelerated both the need, uh, but also the appetite, we think, for those discussions. It's fair to say that the landlord market has remained sceptical. But in the last couple of months, we've seen a marked difference in the approach um, of landlords to the concept and a willingness really to consider what might work for them and if it might, on, on what terms. We've been a party to many of those discussions, um, Emma and myself, but it's not always as straightforward as you might think, Emma, is it? Uh, no, that's right. There's a, a lot to consider, Sarah, when you're thinking of entering into a turnover lease, both on landlord and on tenant side. Uh, there are drafting challenges and there are also operating challenges. I suppose the first obvious point to make is that when you introduce a turnover rent to a lease, you immediately introduce uncertainty. The rent's no longer for a fixed amount, uh, so the rent can go up and the rent can go down. And as you said, turnover rents have been tenant-driven. So when a tenant is approaching a landlord to regear an existing lease from fixed rent to turnover rent, it will be because it wishes to pay less rent than the current fixed rent, at least for the initial period. So what might a landlord expect in return? Well, it might expect an increased, an increased term of lease, maybe removal of tenant break rights. There will likely be discussions over whether there should be a minimum rental payment, uh, and then a turnover top up to counter some of the uncertainty. And if a landlord is expected to share in the bad times, it will also expect to share in the good times too, and will not therefore look too kindly on a tenant who asks for turnover rent on a temporary basis to cover just the difficult times. There needs to be something in the arrangement for both parties. That's right. And another point to make coming out of that is that a turnover lease exposes the landlord to the retail market in which the tenant operates and the highs and lows of a particular tenant's trade. These factors are largely, if not um, entirely, outside of the landlord's control and they affect the rent payable in a way that a traditional fixed rent lease just simply doesn't. Turnover um, rents therefore require greater collaboration between the landlord and the tenant and greater trust between them. The common objective clearly of both parties being to maximise sale turnover, the tenant so that it has a more profitable business and the landlord so that that successful business equates to a higher rent that's payable to it. Yeah, and a reminder also that the landlord may have investor valuation and lender constraints as well. So it will need to sell the uncertainty of a turnover rent to its investors and banks. And a tenant shouldn't overlook that in its demands. And then importantly, there's the administrative burden of a turnover rent lease to consider. As a tenant, are you set up to provide the information that you need to give your landlord to calculate the turnover rent? And moreover, are you prepared to share it? 
Landlords, do you trust your tenant to deliver the information that you need? And, and what if they don't? Do you deem a turnover rent? Do you need to think about a landlord break right if the tenant refuses to give you turnover information or if the tenant doesn't meet agreed performance criteria um, and profit criteria? Um, do you, there's also the complexities of online sales, Sarah, which perhaps you, you could talk to. Yes, absolutely. And, and online sales, um, go really down to the heart of how difficult it is sometimes to capture certain types of sales. Um, internet sales in particular has been one of the things that we've been grappling with quite a bit. It used to be that you would have to work out how to deal with a click and collect order, for example, that might have been picked up or satisfied from the stock within a particular store, or perhaps there'd have been a, a sale that was placed over the internet, but from a handheld device from within the store. All of those have their own challenges, but probably some solutions now in how to capture them as things have evolved. Um, but when it comes to online sales and the significant shift that we've seen in consumer spending habits, there are many sales now online that really don't go via a store at all. Um, even if they might be collected from a particular store, they're not satisfied from stock that, that, that originates at that store. So how to fairly attribute the sales information for that element of the business to the real estate asset to bricks and mortar is actually quite tricky. And it's something that from a landlord perspective, they'll be very focused on. I think it's, it's possibly the most complicated bit of drafting actually in a turnover provision. And even when you think you've got it right, with the advances in technology, it may not be fit for purpose in a few years time. If you think of turnover leases, from a few years back, they either don't contemplate online sales at all, or not to the extent that we could ever have considered online sales to have expanded. So, so that is a real challenge. That's right. And it's an interesting point, actually, because one of the other things that goes hand in hand with this is reviewing what the appropriate length of term for the lease actually is when you have a turnover rent, or at least if you can build in some flexibility to ensure that those provisions scale out when you're looking over the course of a 10-year lease, for example. I think the point you made, Emma, in relation to certainty is the point that goes to the heart of all of this. It's lack of certainty, not just in terms of rental receipts that are received month to month, but lack of certainty in terms of whether the turnover provisions that you're providing for are actually fit for purpose over the longer term. One easy win to help and tackle uncertainty is the minimum guaranteed rent. And that could be paid quarterly in advance to mirror the sort of structure that we see more commonly now. And you could also have rent reviews um, of that minimum guaranteed rent. You also mentioned perhaps deeming rents for certain days on which a store is closed. And obviously there's then a discussion as to whether or not the store should have been closed and what the appropriate rent is to attribute to it if it is. But I think what's clear in all of this and one of the common themes is the ability to actually understand the tenant's business, isn't it? It's, that's kind of the key part when it comes to, uh, to drafting these turnover provisions. Uh, yeah, I mean, a landlord has to get under the skin of the ten tenant's business in a way it has never needed to nor probably wanted to before. It's not something many landlords will have been used to doing, but it's key to turnover rent, understanding the tenant's business, capturing and collecting that turnover element. That's right, and also key for a, a tenant to understand that if they wish to move to a turnover model, then they need to be a bit freer with that information. And also, probably in relation to their business plan, it, it goes possibly a bit further now than just where they see their sales as of 
today, but where they believe that the turnover, why they believe, sorry, that the turnover rent model will actually work out for both parties over that longer term. Absolutely. So Emma, if we were going to pick, going to wrap up and pick out, say, three key points that we're seeing from our discussions at the moment on turnover rents, the first we'd probably pick up on is the point that we've just been discussing around the tenant's business. And I suppose if we were going to take that a step further, what we're saying is that a lot of these provisions are very particular to a tenant's um, individual business. And perhaps actually then the turnover provisions should be personal to that tenant falling away if they assign the lease in the future or at least some understanding from tenant side that landlords will want a little bit more control on assignment or an ability to interrogate the suitability of turnover rents going forward um, if the tenant wishes to assign the lease uh, in the future. Uh, yes, I, I, I would agree with that. It's, it's the, the tailoring of the turnover provisions. Um, and then point two, I think, would be collaboration between the landlord and the tenant on a number of levels which we've touched upon in terms of sharing financial information, but including an understanding that landlords may have constraints on what they can agree to depending on their investor structures or lending obligations. And then I think the final point three is that turnover rent needs to work for both parties. Turnover leases are not new. We, we know they're not new, but they haven't been terribly common in recent years. Uh, retailers were rebroaching the idea of turnover rents before lockdown but now I think with COVID-19 when you've got tenants who've been looking at stores which have been physically shut this has brought the turnover rent to the fore again and if there's to be a balance of interests it would seem to us that a pure turnover rent is unlikely to be market norm at least not for the foreseeable simply because of the sheer uncertainty of the rent a landlord can achieve and the relative lack of control a landlord has over how a tenant might trade uh, so we consider then that the use of minimum minimum rents and perhaps caps is more likely and more palatable. We did um, promise that this is just a snippet, so that's probably where we should leave the conversation for now. But Emma and I are obviously very interested in this topic and we're happy to feed into negotiations or discussions that you might be having with your counterparties. If you would like to discuss this any further with us, then our contact details are on the slide that you can see at the moment. Oh, of course, please do go to treversmith.com and have a look under the Real Estate tab where you'll find more information about us and about our team and the work that we do. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.